Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add a blessing to his word today and make it inspired for us. Matthew, the book generally is about the life of the kingdom of God, the life of the citizen, I should have said, of the kingdom of God. The quality of the citizens of the kingdom of God, and by this, this down payment on, on his teaching is the, the, the Beatitudes, the ethics of the kingdom of God. And then in later chapters, the, the functions of the citizens of the kingdom of God, and finally, uh, the motivations of the kingdom of God. I don't know whether the pastor's going to go anywhere with anything, any of that, but just so long as you know where the landscape is, it, it might be helpful for you. You ask sometimes, what about the relevance of preaching? What about the relevance of different passages of Scripture, the Word of God, the relevance of the church? Make no mistake about the relevance of this passage, and I'll go into that later. But think of over the news of the last few weeks. A woman takes the life of her two daughters up in Leighton or someplace like that, and then takes her own life. A law enforcement person takes the life of his wife and his mother-in-law and I think three kids, I think there were five there, and then he takes his own life. You have an 80-some-year-old woman. They find her dead in her house. Her car is gone. Karen and I watch the news at nine. Watch the news at nine. And we are right ready to stick our get into bed and stick our, the covers over our heads. Because oft times when we hear these things that are reported, Karen says, my goodness, what's this world coming to? My goodness, where do these people come from? Why all of this? Well, Jesus saw the need to take his disciples up on the mountain where he sat them down and he took a place in the midst of them 
And he opened his mouth according to the scriptures and began to teach them. He taught them the the twelve Beatitudes. Now the key to understanding the Beatitudes is an understanding of grace. And a commentator that I read on this said, if you are not aware of God's grace, you really don't get much out of the Beatitudes because they fly so much in face of the value systems of most Americans and most people in the world. The key to understanding is the saving grace, the transforming grace, the forgiving grace, and the enabling grace of Jesus Christ and God our Father. The Beatitudes really call for a change of our thinking, a radical change of our thinking. And I'll just make a survey of these Beatitudes very quickly. From the values of achievement, the, the self-made man or woman, the up-and-climber, to the poor in spirit. The one who has no need of others, if I want it, I'll take it. To the poor being poor in spirit. From revelry, revelry to, to, to mourning for their sins and for the sins of the world. Blessed are they that mourn. From obsession with, with power to meekness. From the salacious TV and violence to righteousness. From take no prisoners to being merciful. From just do it to being pure in heart. From, retali from retaliation to peacemaking. From expediency in the gain of pursuit of power to righteousness. From lies and character assassination to rejoicing. Now, if this beatitude is right, President Obama must be the happiest person in the whole wide world. This past week, I, I heard his character uh, assailed. One person said he was a thug. Another, one person, another person said that he was a communist. Another one said that he was a Nazi. Uh, another one said that he was an opportunist. Another one said that he was a Hitler. And on it went. And so I say to you, with that kind of character assassination, I wonder how this plays with the president. It must hurt very much to hear some of these kinds of things. But, you know, the reason I believe that, that there is so much anger directed in that, in that way, directed his direction, is, is basically two things. One, that he is black. And the second one is that he wants affordable health care for all of us American people. This past week, I had a conversation with my daughter in Seattle. And she told me, she says, Daddy, she says, for the first time, she was laid off of her job, by the way, 
for the first time in our history here, in our life together, we have insurance for me and the kids. She's raising two kids by herself. From lies and character assassination to rejoicing. Jesus challenges the selfishness of our social behavior. Gridlock is nothing more than selfishness made flesh. Jim Rose, many of you who know and remember, and we see him once in a while, gave me a book one Christmas that when I was here in the interim. And he said, this book is the craziest book I've ever read. It was called The Lamb. And what the author of that book does is try to, to in a, in, again, in a novel, as a novel, fill in the gaps in Jesus' life between the time he debated with the, the elders in the temple to the time he called Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and all the rest of the disciples. And so he, uh, he deals with this issue of, of the Beatitudes. And uh, he says, you know, uh, the, the disciples, after uh, his Sermon on the Mount, are saying, you know, we really ought to have another beatitude. Hmm. What do you got in mind? Blessed are the screw-ups. And I thought to myself over the years after I read that and loaned the book out, you know, maybe we really need the, the, another beatitude for us goof-ups. Blessed are the goof-ups, for God understands. For God understands. And I'm talking about a whole range of behavior from my own forgetfulness, my own thoughtlessness, to the struggles of the, the drug addict. Blessed are those who, who are trying to deal with the stupid mistakes that they've made in their life. Then I thought, no, I don't think we need another beatitude. We have the Bible, we have the New Testament, and we have also the Gospel. God so loved the world, and we are blessed. We are happy. We are wonderfully, wonderfully blessed. The gospel is our beatitude, and indeed we do enjoy so very much and are happy because of it. Jesus talked about doing these things in remembrance of me. That time he broke the bread for the disciples, the communion. But he also did it in the context and the teaching of the heavenly banquet to which we are all invited. We are happy today because we all are invited to this table 
not for because we have any reason to brag about or to boast. Paul says, let me boast in my weaknesses. Let me boast in my failures, if there's going to be any bragging to be done. Martin Luther, Martin Luther said, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. Because when you realize that you're forgiven, it will mean something to you. So, I want you all to take advantage of this invitation to the Lord's table and take it as a mark of the beatitude, that 13th beatitude. Blessed are all of us goofups. Let us pray. Our kind Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for teaching us the way. Thank you for the guidance into the ethical life of the kingdom of God. We ask, Heavenly Father, now as we come to take unto ourselves these elements, may we realize how very, very blessed we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.